Welcome to the Simwits Podcast. My name is Paul Hill. I am joined today by my co-host, Ryan Fisher. What's up, guys? The topic today from the cockpit will be on getting started in sim racing. Kind of uh, square one, step one, how do we do it? What do you get? What do you need? Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I do want to kind of preface that this is a light overview. So we will be going deeper into like brands, equipment, and things in the next episode. But this gives you an idea, kind of know what you're, what you're getting into, what you need, what kind of mindset you need. And uh, yeah, so with that in mind, I'm going to hand the reins over to Ryan and kind of let him start us out with uh, step one. So what would that be? All right, so step one should be what discipline do you want to do? Do you want to rally race do you want to road race or do you want to drift if you want a road race like we do in our case um acc or iRacing are going to be your two premier simulators if you want to do rally there's going to be um wrc there's going to be dirt rally 2.0 and there's going to be richard burns rally and if you want to do drifting there's going to be a set of corsa honorable mentions forza and gran turismo Gran Turismo, kind of simish, kind of arcadey. So you could practice on it if you really were impatient and didn't want to spend money on iRacing or another game and that's all you had. That's a little decent start. So F1. I would say asking yourself, what do I want to do is, is step one. I would like to throw an F1 just because I know someone's going to say it in the comments. So F1 as well, I guess. I also consider it like Gran Turismo, but yeah, they uh, do I will have mention an esports that. league, so yeah. we do have to give them some credit. Exactly. Um, I guess I would ask you as well, Ryan, since we kind of went off of that. You kind of know what you want to do now. Where are you getting your info from? How are you, how are you going from that? So you're like, okay, I want to. In our case, we do we do road racing. So you've decided on road racing. You picked a game. Where do you go from there? All right. So I tend to have a little different thought process than you do. I know you're more you're way more logical about this than I am, but I tend to go into Twitch. Like, if I want to figure out what this certain streamer is using for their equipment. I'll go into Twitch. I'll look up iRacing. Or if I know the streamer specifically, I'll look them up, go into their chat and start asking questions because no question is a dumb question. And then I'll get answers on my question and I'll go to YouTube and watch videos there and just come to a conclusion myself. So I would say, Twitch is probably your best source of instant information. I would agree with that. You're talking to someone live, live exactly. action. I mean, that's pretty pretty solid, honestly. I wouldn't say it's not logical. And, um, um, and side note on that, anyone, everyone in chat has different equipment. So you can have like people that have $10,000 setups or you can have people that race on a desk and you have everybody else in between. So you can ask a very wide group of people very rapidly and get basically instant result back. So like I said, that's helpful on getting answers on what is good equipment and what's in your range and not in your range and, and how serious you're willing to take it. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, I would like to add too, since you mentioned kind of the YouTube thing, um, 
Simpit Garage is who I did most of my research through them and a couple other smaller time YouTubers. Um, and just I liked their their reviews. Like Ryan said, I'm a little bit more logical, so I really enjoyed listening to them talk about like unbiased opinion on feedback, how much dampeners and things they felt like they needed to use to make the wheel. And these are things you'll learn as you get really dive deep into the system. But um, so for me, once I kind of understood Sim a little bit better, I really enjoyed their videos and I would highly recommend them to from the novice to the expert because they do an excellent job explaining everything. Um, so they're awesome. Um, and also I would like to mention kind of to hit home, you said Twitch, but also just ask people in your community. If you know people around your town that have a Sim, go try it, dude. You know, yeah, see how it feels. jump on Facebook and see if you can find a group of yeah. I racing or whatever simulator and go in that game, ask questions about equipment there and then see like if you've bought a piece of equipment on the off chance you did see if you can find a community with that same piece of equipment and then go and ask questions in there. Yeah, that's awesome too. So usually I'm just going to say, all right, you've, you've asked your questions in Twitch. You've got the answers. Um, I'm going to just name off the big brands you usually hear. So Fanatec is usually right on the forefront, right there with Logitech and Thrustmaster. Yep. And new kids on the block, we got Moza. And then close behind that, and actually our weapon of choice is uh, Sim Magic. Um, So those are usually the names you're going to hear just to like cut it short and sweet for y'all. So now that you know those names, how do you pick them, Brian? Like, you know your options now what? All right, there's one question I have to ask. It's how how serious am I going to take this? Do I want to put the time in and put the effort in and actually try and grow and progress as a driver or do I just want to be able to throw it on my desk and just have fun with it for a couple minutes and then put it away? If you just want to have fun with it and put it on your desk, I'd say spend 2 or 300 bucks, get a Logitech gear drive good enough good to go but if you like if you think that you're going to like being competitive i would say spend maybe five or six hundred dollars and try and get either a belt driven wheel or a very low power direct drive wheel those are two very good very capable platforms and what most people run on so you're going to have, once again, the biggest group of people to ask what they're running. So I would say you're, how serious you're going to take this completely correlates to do you skip tier one and go to tier two and take it seriously? Or do you stay on tier one and it's just a fun thing? So maybe that's my road, thought process. Up, yeah. And like maybe down the road you upgrade. But, yeah, you know, for, for me, I took tier one. Just to touch on this, I won't I won't take up too much of the time here, but I took the tier one step and I should have just skipped to tier two because my intentions out the gate were competitive mm-hmm. and I wasted money in not knowing myself. So just know yourself, know how you are. Do you like motorsports? Do you know you're gonna take this competitive? Skip tier one, man. Don't yeah. even bother with a gear drive. Just go buy a belt or or higher, like Ryan said, and, and be done with it and enjoy it. Yeah have fun um so that's a that's a great point and i would also like to add take it as serious as your equipment allows 
So if if you know you're on a, a gear driven and you realize, oh man, I am taking this serious, it's time to upgrade. Don't yeah. keep fighting because it's going to make you hate sim racing because you're going to be trying to squeeze something that has nothing left to give. So yeah. uh, that's another good advice. You're basically going to like rubber band with your equipment. Like you're going to progress, you're going to catch up with it and then surpass it. Then you buy yep. the next level and that surpasses you and you grow into that and just, it just, it's a cycle. And that's how you get to something like this. Now that we've kind of talked about how serious you want to take it, let's talk about the ecosystems and kind of like their levels of what they are, I guess, honestly, I, I don't know any other better way to word it, but you kind of get what I'm talking about. No, so if you want to kind yeah, of break you. that down. So there's five companies that people are going to tell you about. Simagic, Fanatec, Logitech, Thrustmaster, and Moza. So Logitech, Thrustmaster, and Fanatec work with uh, both PC and Xbox and PS4, PS3, I think, PlayStation. You have to do research because certain rims they sell um, aren't cross-compatible or anything. Like They only work with PlayStation or they only work with PC or Xbox or whatever. So do some research on that. But those are for the, from anywhere from beginner to, we'll say novice. That's what most people are going to run. And like I said earlier, SimMagic and Moza, those are for the people that are between novice and wanting like pro equipment, like bottom of pro grade equipment. That's where I would say those two are at. And those two are only compatible with PC. I'm 99% sure both those are mm -hmm. only compatible with PC. But those are like the, th the two different ranks you want to look at, like compatibility wise and amount of people wise. I would say too with the ecosystems um, for people that are maybe not so tech savvy, companies like Fanatec, Thrustmaster, Logitech, their applications that you download to like tune the the wheels are, I mean, stupid easy to understand. So yeah, I, I will didn't say even think if, about that. Yeah, so like if I, I, it's just something I experienced because I was PC illiterate about two years ago. So. The Fanatec system was wonderful. I, I played on Xbox initially. I could plug that thing into my laptop, do all my updates on my laptop, plug it back into my Xbox, and be good to go. And it was really nice that they made it so simple because companies like uh, SimMagic, I'm not going to lie, I like their tuning software, but it is not, it is in the know friendly, not... You can't be a new I don't know... You can't be a noob to use it, essentially. Yeah, you have to have some kind of background to be able to use it. So, Fanatec, Thrustmaster, Logitech, they do all that incredibly well. I would yep. hope so. They're million-dollar, billion-dollar companies, some of them. So, yeah. you know, you would expect that from them. So, that is something else to keep in mind when you're picking your ecosystem. And, you know, if, if you ain't got the money for a PC right now, and you're playing on an Xbox to play, or PC, or PlayStation to play Gran Turismo, maybe Fanatec's for you. And, you know, they even sell direct drive wheels now. So, or always have, but like, you know, affordable entry ones. So, yeah. it's a good system to grow with you until you hit that maybe more extreme level of wanting to take it competitive. So, yeah. Forewarning slash talking topic 
if you get a direct drive wheel, you're probably going to want to start looking into getting an 80-20 rig because once you get about, once you get past like five newton meters of torque, you're going to start twisting on a desk. And unless you have a really nice, like sturdy desk, your screen's going to be shaking. If your PC's on there, it's going to be shaking. Like your, your desk is going to be shaking. So yeah. you need to start looking at, all right, do I want to take the next serious step to a rig or do I want to stay on my desk? So everything kind of grows with each other. Like that's how I, you get to this. Everything grows with each other. One thing you push a boundary and it brings up a weak point. You upgrade the weak point and another weak point shows up. It kind of just progresses in a circle. So, yeah, I do want to touch on that as well because this is like, we're getting started step one. Yeah. That'll be for the next episode. Yeah. Desk first rig, right? Yeah. So that is just a brief talking point we're going to have here. But like, um, it's totally fine to start on a desk, especially if you have a belt drive wheel. There's yeah. no belt drive wheel that's going to like, or gear driven wheel that's going to like shake your desk apart. It's not until you start hitting direct. I mean, like, there's no way I would mount anything with over eight newton meters of torque on a desk. I would say like, some right, belt drives get to five newton meters. Yeah. True. I think the V2.5 did. Yeah. But my point being is don't don't feel like you can't do it on a desk initially because, you know, some people have space issues or whatever. However, I will argue Ryan has a pretty small room and he's got a full rig in there. Yeah. I have, thankfully, a two-bedroom. So my second bedroom is basically just my game room. And so I, I don't really have that issue, so I can't really relate that one as much as ryan but ryan can tell you you can get these rig metal rigs that's pretty much the only brand we're going to recommend to you by the yeah. way they're just so modular yeah. and you can make them mighty efficient like they don't take up that much room if you don't need them to nope so uh rig metal i'm going to say that again just in case you guys didn't hear me is that is the only brand track racer all the other ones i'm not going to say a total waste of money but if you're spending Six seven hundred bucks on a rig mill, spend the extra two hundred bucks, and you can get the fancy version like I did, or you can spend less money and get what Ryan has, and it's better. So do keep that in mind. So yep. um and um our final talking point with getting started and everything. This is very important if you're taking it seriously. So if you're not, I mean, just don't even bother, don't even bother listening. Go to the next episode. But if you're taking it seriously, get the screen as close to your face as you can while also having the steering wheel in front of you like this. The closer you get the screen, the wider your field of view in your simulator gets. So what that means is like, think about it looking through a straw. Like the closer you get to looking out the end of the straw, the more you can see out. And so that's basically what FOV is. The more field of view you have and the more you can see the more things speed up coming at you so getting the screen as close to your face as you can and using a fov calculator like um david samsonoid he has a very good calculator use that watch his video very knowledgeable that man runs with tony Kanan. so works with a professional driver but yeah. fov use calculator get the screen close to your face you'll thank us I 
Oh, yeah, and I'll also mention on that, don't think you can cheat this, because I did, and it was like a huge, huge gain for me. You can't just jam it out. Like you said, it's like looking through a straw, but it also warps the actual actual road. So if you... Your depth say perception you a, is better. Yeah, it gets warped, so then you can't hit breaking points correctly, which yep. is what I was experiencing. So I do just want to throw that in there. I know it's probably reiterating, but... It, FOV it really is very makes, critical. Very critical. If you want to enjoy a game, get your FOV right, honestly. Yes, very, um, yeah. FOV, one of the most important things you can get right. Like, that's a very big uh, dividing factor, like, in the simulated community. Yeah, is is FOV. This is the last bit for you Xbox kids. Well... Yeah, honestly, it is. Sorry, yeah. guys. But for the PC guys, and I hope I, I'm not a big PC gamer, but for racing, it makes sense. Um, make sure you get, it's called Crew Chief. It's free, literally 100% free. Yep. It, for you guys doing road racing like us on iRacing, it destroys the spotter that's in the game. That game, the game spotter, the iRacing spotter is horrendous. Crew Chief, amazing. Gives you. I'm not even going to break it all down because it's so overwhelming, but just brief overview. You can get pretty with it. You can, but it's got voice recognition. It gives you lap times of competitors. You can make it say things as quickly or as often or slowly as you. It's crazy. It's yeah. So much you can do. And then for the rally boys, you can make your own rally notes, which is incredible. So, uh, crew chief, awesome. And then uh, more so for the road guys. Don't uh, forget but, about race labs. Uh, race labs, yep. Awesome. I use it labs. on my streams. I use it in my streams. I use it when I'm not streaming. Gives you everything you'll ever need to know from track temp to relative times down to, to the thousands of an inch, literally. So, um, like distance from other drivers. It, it's crazy. It's got uh, blind spot monitors. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, it's, so, it's awesome. Very, I wish, it, I very wish it was around when I started. Yeah. Uh, it is money, though, to get the pro version, which has some of these things we're talking about but yeah but it's, it's very definitely much worth it if you're taking it, it seriously it, that's just a little another step up to taking it more seriously pay the 10 bucks a month and get the pro version and yeah it, you'll, but it'll start be good. with the free one yeah start, start with, with the free, free one. start with the free one you're getting into this like i said this is prefaced with you're a new guy so don't spend the money yet you don't know if you're sticking to it right but yeah. if you know but if you decide to buy the pro version it's yeah. incredible so yeah, I do think that is pretty much everything about just a brief synopsis on kind of getting started on the equipment end of things. Yeah. I don't think I really have anything else to add. Do you, Ryan? I can't think of anything. All right. So with that in mind, I want to say have a good day, guys. Be smart, race hard, and I'll see you next time. All right. Thank you all for joining. Good luck, and we'll see you all out there.